0: what is going on everybody welcome to another episode of locked on badgers we're going to talk further with the aj store news where does he fit into this lineup plus more spring football news and notes all that and more in today's locked on badgers let's go you are locked on badgers your daily podcast on the wisconsin badgers part of the locked on podcast network your team every day what is going on everybody welcome to locked on badgers your team every single day Uh, Back in the home base, I am. So I really appreciate everybody sticking with me as I travel around. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, so it's been a minute since I've had Justin and Rajiv on. Uh, We're going to bring them both on. We have a lot to talk about. Justin, we did get some recommendations really quickly from the community about an intro for you. It was...
1: Oh, God. (laughs) Right?
0: Um, oh no in, in justin we're, you know well, those are the, terrible the
1: dad crew has officially been weighing in with the puns
0: yeah they're not terrible <laughs> but i think there are more plays on your name i don't think any of them have nailed your personality yet yeah. so we're gonna keep going and try to find the best one for you ryan's um,
1: gonna come back after this and being like it's like hanging out with freaking uh What's his, Frank the Tank, (laughs) after the launch?
0: We have to find something good for you. And as always, we have Rajiv, which means... Badgers
1: winning a national title? (laughs) Absolutely. Going on Final Four runs? Why not? It's Believe with Rajiv on today's Locked on Badgers.
0: And I didn't even loop it. I just, one play, we're good to go. All right, so let's get into this. Since we have talked last, gentlemen, Badgers have landed AJ Store. I don't think either of you have been on the show since that happened. Justin, I'm going to kick it to you. I already gave my thoughts on this. I'm going to kick it to you because you were the most, I don't want to say critical, but the most conservative with what you thought Greg Garbage would do, would do this offseason. season. I think oh, that's yeah. a
1: uh, he wanted, this was a home run flat, flat out home run. I did not think he was capable of locking down a player like this in the transfer portal. Uh, I think that, listen, the there there's, he's got a very good floor with potentially a Johnny Davis type ceiling. Like this is a guy that you would not be shocked if suddenly comes out as a sophomore and, scores 17 a game like he's got the athleticism he's got a clean jumper you know there's a lot of the things they can work on to make him even better like if they can get his mid-range jump jump shot game down a little bit to, to offer something in between there so he can get to the rim more he's gonna be a really big problem in the league uh rebounding he needs to get a little bit more active on i don't know how much of that was a result of their philosophy on rebounding uh but it's he needs to get up and do at least a four or five a game. So Ragee, what's I, I,
0: going on with you, AJ Store?
1: I mean, I've been saying
2: that for weeks now that I felt as though with everything that Chris McIntosh has done so far, Greg Gard was feeling the pressure. I think in years past, he's gotten a little lazy on his recruiting and in the transfer portal. And we said he needed an athlete, he needed some athletes. And he went out and got some athletes. I think AJ Storr is a huge get for the program right now. He's He fits the mold of what we're looking for, someone who brings that athleticism, who brings the ability to shoot and score. Is he creating his own shot as much? I don't know. We'll see in the Big Ten especially, but I think, look, I I think this is a huge get for us. It sends a message to the team that clearly we're ready to take some next steps, and, and he realizes what needed to happen, right? This is not, he understood that, I mean, it's not just us that were saying it. It was every Badger fan and everyone in the community mm. was talking about how, how we really needed some athletes in the portal, and we got it. And this is a big get. I, he, and, he, and he did it early. He did it right away. He's making a statement. Um, and, look, I think that we struggled with for offense much of this season. Adding a person, adding an athlete who can score, this is going to do us no harm. It's going to definitely provide a higher ceiling for us, no doubt about it.
0: And the competition everywhere is going to be better. Right. Mm-hmm. Competition practice. It, I talked about it when you add a pitcher, it's like a baseball, right? When you add a pitcher, other people in the rotation move down and mm-hmm. you just get a deeper rotation. Um, I had a source close to the program text me that he just said, more comp this is gonna just add to competition. He didn't say starter, he said competition and competition is always better. And that's just what we've lacked. We haven't had enough quality players the last two years, really. So it wasn't just last year. And with Noah Reynolds coming in, the starting five coming back, AJ Store. Um, that threesome coming in in 2024, we're just a much deeper team. I yeah. want to kick it back around because I think we're all on the same page. Klezman's probably coming off the bench. Who are your top eight players next year? Like if you have your top five with Store, Klezman's coming off the bench at six. Who rounds out your eight man rotation next year?
1: Well, Reynolds would be the easy one mm-hmm. to add in. Uh, so that puts you at seven. I don't know. Like right now, it's Gilmore, but it's probably well, next year, it's probably going to be Gus. I think so. Um, I, I think ideally, and I've I've seen people say they're worried about him stunting, like us bringing in a big is stunting the growth. You're not bringing in a four, like Gus will be fine at the four. They need to bring in a legitimate five, who potentially can cause some problems on the paint for other teams. Just somebody with size that can disrupt shots and rebound. That's all they need to be able to do. I don't even I don't care if they you know if they can get the occasional put back, put back dunk or whatever. That's great, but they don't need to have a just defined offensive game. Um, but I think that I don't think I'm not worried about a big coming in and stealing Gus's minutes. I, I think that it says a lot to winter that you probably redshirt him and say, hey, we're going to give you a year to put on some good weight and some strength uh, so you don't have to rush you out onto the floor and put you out there when you're not ready
2: agree completely. I think um, Gus and and Reynolds are going to be the guys. And I mean, just think about the difference that when you talk about that, you list out those eight players versus the eight players that we saw this year and sometimes seven. And I mean, just completely ineffective from the bench, other than when Connor was coming in, it's really, that's a huge step forward. And to replace, you know, Davis with, with someone like this in the, in the lineup store overall, and immediate depth is established now, immediate Mm -hmm. depth, not depth like we want it and need it and we're going to need to see guys coming out of here that that were on the team this year that can do better i still want to see a guy like hodges really play better and, and, and improve and maybe get some minutes next year but yeah i mean totally agree with justin same two guys and it's we're just adding those pieces one by one
0: what about the idea of gus as your backup five because I, I talked about this on a previous show think of, think about the fact that we had gilmore come in this year to play some backup five mm-hmm. gus is already bigger than gilmore it's not like Gilmore, you're you're going down at wise from Gilmore to Gus. Gus is gonna be a better post player. I don't I don't think I, I don't think you need a backup five. No, I, I, I want one, but I, I think yeah. Gus can do that next year.
1: Well, and that's that's what I'm saying. Is it's not something you have to have, but if like if if your goal is to raise considerably raise the ceiling for, for Wisconsin. You don't want to be relying on a true freshman, especially when you when when the areas that I'm defining out of it are things that this team truly struggles with and, and really badly needs for an NCAA tournament run if they want to make a decent run. You have to have a big that can shot block a little bit and get you some do some tough gritty rebounding
0: work. Yeah, that's fair. Rajiv, you you good with Gus as a backup five potentially? Totally.
2: i I'm sorry, yeah. I thought you were gonna say if something that's yourself,
0: what happened, right. then I would be okay with that for sure.
2: Yeah, I am actually okay with it, but and and again, just it's better than what we had last year. I think Gus is not going to be a typical freshman who's just not going to be able to have it. We all agree he's going to be able to play next year and he will have an impact on this team. So, yeah, I think that compared to what we had this year and and behind Crowell, I'm fine with it completely. I think he's he's going to be very very effective very quickly and if he's anything like what we expect and like if he's anything like what Justin expected Connor this year, like it, he's going to be huge for us.
0: Well, if I had just when I had Jason Jordan on really quick. I to talked to him. What are what are realistic expectations? He was he's the Sports Illustrated basketball recruiting insider. I'll, I'll work to get him back on the show as some of these transfers come in. Um, and he was all over Connor immediately. He said Connor is going to be an impact player for Wisconsin, so he nailed that one. And he said, listen, expectations for Gus should be ten and five as a freshman next year. That's how good he is. And yeah. he said every high school gym he saw Gus in with the All Star Circuit when he was playing other four and five star bigs. Every single time Gus Yeldon walked out of the gym, as the best post player, every single time. I think the expectations are, are pretty high for Gus starting next year.
1: I I don't have an issue with him. I think offensively he's going to be fine. I I, I my concern with him is how quickly he picks up the defensive end of the floor and can he can he play without fouling?
2: Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. he can
1: do that, and can he rebound effectively? Because I think that that he may have a little bit of learning curve when he sees more size. Like he's he, he's playing four and five star kids a lot, but I I. I question how often he's going out there and seeing a 6'10 and a 6'8 power forward in the center where he's going to have to try and, and really positionally rebound well and and do things to make sure that he's getting those boards because there's just not that many of those guys that are flying around at a high level in the high school ranks.
0: Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to jump into your comments. we got a bunch of them. Andrew Rustlin right here said, I'd feel better with a vote type coming off the bench. I, I think we all would, to be honest. I, I think that's pretty universal there. Um, we're going to get more of your comments coming up, and then also get into Corey Smith, uh, Dupree, some interesting recruiting news, spring football. We're going to get all of that and more coming up on Lockdown Badgers. Keep Rajiv and Justin here as long as humanly possible. Uh, but first, today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Bet Online, and this is a heck of a time to get started with Bet Online, right? Um, Grand Slams, no hitters, double plays are back, and there's no better place to get into the MLB action than over at FanDuel. I said Bet Online. I'm sorry, FanDuel. Over at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. Plus, you have still NBA playoff action starting up. My sons are about to start. I know the Bucks are rolling today. A lot of that's going on. Plus, you can do college football futures. I know there's already a win-loss over and unders for a lot of programs out there. So it's a great time to get in on FanDuel. You can bet on if aaron judge is going to pick up or he let off at the home run race um a certain pitcher you can bet on, over on their over under strikeout so it's a great time to do it do miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars when you join fanduel today just go to fanduel.com locked on to sign up it's fanduel the official sports betting partner of major league baseball all right let's get justin and, and reggie back on uh let's hit some comments guys let's we got a live show we got a bunch of great comments already um, a lot of it basketball-related. We're going to start there. Then we're going to get into the pre-news, some of the Corey Smith stuff. Um, Andrew Russellin again, says the store floor is high. Um, Zach Bart says landing store kind of buffers the Jan- uh, Janowski news. If you haven't been following it, Janowski committed to in-state uh, combo guard, committed to Nebraska. But we can't expect to land a guy we weren't pursuing, hoping we can land Con and a big man. So certainly, I think what he's saying here is this, you know, guards work can't be done, right? You still got yeah. to shop that 24 class. Um, and he still can use it back up big. If you had to grade, grade guards off season right now, what would you give it?
1: Ooh. Um, I would give it a healthy B. I think we need, it, it turns into an A if he gets the big. Um, So I think he's, he's, he's done, you know, as an A plus for store. Mm. And I think Reynolds is a nice depth piece. But I think that you'd still like if when I when I grade him on this, what is he? How is he setting us up for potential, you know, dark horse opportunities coming into this season? Because the the parts are there for this team to be good if you can get a couple of pieces that really impact the floor. Um, I think that Store definitely does that. I think Reynolds does as a bench player for sure. We'll see how he is defensively. Um, But if you get a big that can actually be a a defensive, you know, provide some defensive value. You, your, your goal then is to look at potentially winning the big and having a shot to make a run, maybe to a sweet 16 or an elite eight.
2: It's April 16th. I mean, I think it's an a for sure right now because it's like, I mean, we've got, we've got two guys immediately. It's been a a season's went over for a month to add um, to our depth. And we, how many times we can, we complain about depth. So with Reynolds in store, it's an A right now. Do, is it an A for the entire offseason? No, it has, to, it has to keep going. But right now, in a, in, the, in the middle of April, to me, it's nothing but A because he got the exact profile of person that we wanted in an athletic wing player. So I'm going to give him an A. I think he's done a great job so far. Keep going, though.
0: Mm-hmm. It is true, right? Like, we laid out a checklist of who does Gregor need to get. And it was, like, athletic, you know, taller wing, um, someone who <laughs> raised the ceiling, right? And that's literally – store. Yeah. You know, who knows if it's going to work out, right? But that's literally check, check, check for store. And yeah. right? North Badger 715 says he's definitely a ceiling raiser store. Not only that, but we could have a deep team next year, 9-10 to 10 with Klesman, Reynolds, McGee, Yaldin allowing us to go a minimum of 9 deep. Gentlemen, I wanted to ping up this question because I meant to ask you both this earlier. Of the returning role players, not the starters, the Gilmores, Lindsays, McGees, Ilvers, Needs. gosh, we have a lot of underperforming role players when you start to list them out. Which of those players do you have the most optimism on that could take a jump into the rotation next year?
2: So I think it's Kamari McGee. Um, you know how I feel about Isaac Lindsay. I would I want to talk about Lindsay too. I, I feel like he's really a guy that I think has a lot of talent that's being unused by simply not just getting minutes out there. But McGee showed the most promise, especially later in the year. Um, and I feel like He just needs more time out there once he, if he get, not that he's going to be tough for him to get it, but when he does and if he does, um, I think he has the raw ability to be able to, you know, be a solid guard in this league. Um, You know, he, I think he can't score. He needs to get better at it. He's very quick. Yeah. I feel like he's someone who we, and we need a guy like that. We need someone who can really back up Chucky and do it effectively.
1: Yeah. I would say that that's probably the most likely I would say either him I think Ilver has like I with him it's so mental. Like if if he clicks mentally, like there's nothing stopping Ilver from turning into a 7 or 8 point per game guy if if he has. Like there's there is talent there. Mm-hmm. It he has to clean up the mental miscues and just have better awareness and better anticipation on the floor of knowing what he needs to be doing and he can be a very productive player. Like athleticism and and the actual physical attributes are not a problem for him mm-hmm. um it's it's the other parts that are going to make the game infinitely easier for him if he understands what he should be doing
0: can i point out the answer you guys are both overlooking it's carter gilmore like this a this staff already like the staff likes him right and it's like i, refuse, f- to I <laughs>
2: refuse to believe that i refuse to believe that
1: right like that doesn't mean Jack- i have to
0: it's <laughs> like the jackpot <Jack-Duck- laughs> How many, how many times did we say why are they playing Jack Dunn? And it's just because that coaching staff was going to play Jack Dunn. This coaching staff is going to play Carter Gilmore. But here's the here's the here's the good here's like the positive side of this. Carter Gilmore is the ninth man. Is a lot different than Carter Gilmore is the sixth man.
1: Yes, yeah, he's probably exactly. only playing seven eight minutes a game,
0: right? And if he's coming in for five minutes and you know he's going to hustle his 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 tail off, he's going to rebound well and defend pretty well. That's not terrible as a ninth man.
2: Yeah, can I ask what what's your grade, Ryan?
0: Oh, I think it's an A. I think it's it has okay. to be an A up to this point, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Because again, store is literally everything we wanted in a portal mm-hmm. edition, and I think Reynolds is solid depth. So mm-hmm. I want to get to this comment here too. And as guys, as always, if you see comments that you like, throw them up there. Yeah, uh, from Andrew again, he said, "I don't. I think Gus would be a good player, but six eight ain't gonna cut it for a five. I think as a backup five. 6'8 is okay. Yeah. I, I agree with you. You can't be a starting five unless you're – And it Zach. will depend on the team. There's not a lot of, like, Zach Edies out there. there there's a lot of teams that have a 6'10 center, yeah. a 6'9 center. And they're
1: thin, so mm-hmm. he'll be able to body them up. Like, there's not a lot of big men that are going to be able to physically manhandle uh, Gus out there. Mm-hmm. So he'll be fine for the most part. I, my, for me, it's more can can he avoid fouls. Um, And can he he rebound out there? Cause like the length he's going to see more size around him than he's used to in a lot of his high school games. So it's, I think he'll be good. I am not worried about it. I think my, my concern is like if we're looking at truly getting the ceiling, it's like, you'd like to have that one guy with true size that you can throw out there too.
2: Can I put a comment up here and switch gears to football? Are are we okay with that?
0: Yeah, please, please.
2: Uh, Preston, uh, Broster says, can't wait to see how spring game goes, especially with the quarterbacks and Phil Longo knowing how well he did with Drake May and Sam Howe at UNC. Um, yeah, listen, I mean, we are going to this game. We are going to be there. We hope to see as many of you guys as we can, uh, this coming weekend, but I mean, what are, how many, how many practices are we in now guys? 10, 10, 10, like, ten practices, right? So first of all, I want to talk about, uh, Brady, uh, uh Brady lock. I think that once again, I just feel like I'm not saying that he's going to, supplant Mordecai, nor should he, nor do I want him to, but I like the fact that we have a guy at number two, just it in seems case it happens to Mordecai, yeah. that they can actually do this job. And you can see already who on the second team is, is out just shining on the second team. Thus is someone who would be able to play on the first team. Right. And that's CJ Williams, obviously that's Braden Locke. Um, you know, and obviously Skylar Bell's now on the second team, which, you know, that's okay. And that's, again, that provides a lot of depth there, but we're just seeing like those guys can play up a level now. And how much depth are we now seeing at the quarterback position, at the receiver position, at even the cornerback position, we've heard some good things about Arnold and Declona. So yeah, I, I just, it's, it's fantastic. And, and now we, what we haven't, we've, we've seen, we've obviously talked about Mordecai a lot, but we have no idea what this offense really looks like and how different it really is from what we've seen before. Justin and I were talking about Dupree a little bit before before we started the show. And it's like, you know, we have to always remember that the kind of people that we're used to seeing come into this program now are going to be different because mm-hmm. we don't know what this offense looks like. So I, I just, I love the fact that we're seeing a lot of talent and depth on the second team. I want to hear about the second team, guys, because that depth is really critical. And I don't feel like we talk, I mean, in general, people don't talk about the second team enough because... If things are going to happen, guys are going to go down we need that depth in the program. And I feel like, boy, we're, it's not just one position. It's multiple positions. We're seeing guys really shine on the second team. That's huge for us. And I can't wait to see him
1: next weekend. I I think we're making a run towards more Aaron Jones types backs, smaller guys who are, are shiftier, more guys who carve through the offensive line a little bit more than guys who just come like a bull in a China chop through the hole. Um, And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Those guys are a big-time problem in in open space. And if you get a guy that's a a plus receiver, plus you can get him out of the backfield doing some special things and watching Dupree's film, if if we do lock him down, he is a guy with his balance and explosiveness, he is a problem. Like, we have not had a back that has his type of agility and ability to stay on on his feet. I would say probably the closest has probably been uh, Melvin. Melvin would have occasionally the run where you'd see him kind of get spun around a little bit and he kind of stay on his feet. But we have, we're not used to having those backs that are just kind of pinball around and then come popping out the other end and, and are still going.
0: Well, let's, let's pause there for a second. We have to take a very quick break. And then I want to come back and ask you guys about Dupree, the film specifically. And do you, are you a little bummed that the, the wind seem to be turning the other way with Corey Smith, the in-state running back? Let's talk about that next on Locked on Badgers. Take a very quick break for our friends of the show. And a quick break to say thank you, as always, for everybody tuning in, everybody joining us, making this one of your first listens every day. For all the everydayers that are watching it every single day, I uh, really do appreciate all of y'all. You know, if you're here with us, you, you hear us talk about all sorts of things. So I uh, really, really do appreciate it. I'll um, bring Rajiv and Justin back on, as Rajiv talked about. We will be coming to the launch. We have a, a show on Friday. We hope to see everybody there uh, at Scani Bar. We're going to be there from 2 to 5-ish, to but You know, two to three, we hope to have get a couple guests, do some giveaways, three to maybe four, 3.30-ish, we're going to be doing a show. And then in between, we're just going to be drinking beer, eating wings, and talking badgers. So uh, we'd love to see everybody. It'd be amazing. All right, gentlemen, we got some comments in here already with uh, Darian Dupree. Um, Kyle Matry says we need to land Dupree. There's a couple other ones in there. You mentioned the film a five ten running back out of Illinois. Um, that's an area that certainly the staff has really, really prioritized that Illinois block of recruiting. What do you like about him on film? And are we bummed that Corey Smith seems to potentially be going into a- another route? in State four star running back.
2: Yeah, I um, I really like what we see at what we see out of Dupree. I mean, the guy is very quick. He's kind of got a little twitch about him, and he is. Um, One thing I noticed on his film is that the guy never stops moving his legs. I mean, there's a, there's a film out there where he was just dragging half the defense with him and he just never stops. He hits the hole fat quickly and he moves his, his moves his feet. Now he's a little small. Um, I don't, I'm a little bit concerned that he has the frame that can really add too much more weight. I don't think, I I think at some point it'll become his speed will become a bit ineffective, but um, look, I mean, he, he runs great. He can really, he has, he's breakaway speed too, which is fantastic. and, He's another great athlete. We, I was kind of thinking about who he can really be, um, you know, compared to. I feel like he's, you know, when he gets in the open field, he kind of looks like J- Jonathan Taylor, the way he runs. But also he has, he's, he's a little smaller, he's kind of like a, maybe a James White kind of a guy or, D- or U- a Gumbawale maybe. I just, I can't really pinpoint exactly what I think he is, but he's someone who um, I th- is, I'm excited about. It's exactly the kind of player we need. Corey Smith, bummed about it, but it's recruiting. You're going to win some, you're going to lose some. It happens, and he's, you know, I mean, we we got a guy that I think can be effective, and you know, he's going to be a four star guy, and, and it's it's going to be big for the program. I'm totally okay with it.
1: Uh, so I look at this like this. Uh, we brought in Nate White this last cycle, and I see some similarities between the two of them. I would say that Dupree's kind of Nate White 2.0. Uh, he's he's a little bigger. Is, I think he's a little bit thicker than what we've seen from him. I think you're right. He's not going to get to what we're – Wisconsin's going to have to get used to – or the fans are going to have to get used to the difference in the running backs because I think if you're looking at Dupree, like the most I think that he'd probably carry is probably going to be like 205. Like that's a 15-pound of muscle to put on that kid. He's, he's 190 right now. Um, but he's going to be fast, elusive, has great balance. He's going to be a guy that's going to be a complete menace in space. And that's kind of what Nate White was. We, we grabbed him this last cycle. You know, it's a guy who you expect that type of thing. But I, I think he's a little bit – White was a little more of a slighter frame than what Dupree is. Um, I think that we're just more interested in finding those speed-shifty backs to to put in this offense and just create more problems for the defense, having to close on all these guys going in different directions. It makes it really complicated if you don't have a really fast defense.
0: When Zach Bart said, this is a good comment, Dupree is phenomenal tape. Would much rather land him as a running back prospect. Definitely has high upside. Brings a solid skill set. Also like the Chicago pipeline. Definitely love that they're going to, into Illinois. I do want to bring up one thing, and I don't want to rain on any parade, but trying to be consistent. If the previous staff had lost an in-state four-star running back and potentially Donovan Harbor, we would crush them. I, I, we w- I think we really would. We would crush them for that. And we would? Well let, yeah. me, well, let me finish. Yeah, one go one. ahead.
1: I'll let me finish it.
0: Yeah. No, no. Oh. yeah, we would crush him for that. And I go back to when we were first talking about Corey Smith. We loved his film too. And we said, it's kind of a must get. And now it's like, we've kind of let them off the hook a little bit. I'm not saying Dupree isn't, I got to watch more film on Dupree, to be honest. I'm bummed that we're losing Corey Smith. And I don't think you can make a habit of losing in state four star talent.
1: I agree with that completely. Here's my perspective on this situation. Number one, if you're going to lose an in-state kid that is a four-star type kid, you better be replacing him with a four-star kid. Uh, Number two, the other part of it I think is, is that I don't know what your view was when we heard the interviews after, after the coaching change, but it seemed like Smith was not as enamored with Wisconsin as you'd expect somebody that was, who was viewing us as his number one target. And from Tim, for me, it was. I don't view it as necessarily as big of a loss when it feels like he may just not have had the interest in us. And if, if, when a kid is totally in on your program, but he ends up choosing somebody else, then I have to hit you with it. But if you're, if, if you do what you can and you're truly interested in them, like th- this is where I was kind of leaning on this. I don't know what the situation was, and I don't know what their board looks like. I think that we would all agree that ideally we, if there's a four star kid in state, we want them. But if, if he's down your board a little ways compared to some of the other guys that you have and you're capable of getting the guys that are higher than him, I want you to get the guys that you think are the best guys on your board. Mm-hmm. And the, if, whether they're in state or not, because I do feel like that's one of the things that I, I truly wonder about looking back on Wisconsin is did we take the easy way out simply because they were in our backyard? Or did we always get the guys that were at the top of our board? And I don't know if we can answer that question, but I I truly wonder if were there some guys that we just were like, well, this guy's gonna be easier. We don't have to put the the extra all the extra work in to to pursue him as hard because he's out of state.
2: We would be crushing them because it was Paul Christ and it was we saw constant failures in in various with, with recruiting and playing and everything. But now we're not crushing it because it's Luke Fickle. And because Luke Fickle has brought in players that we never have seen here and we've never expected to be here. And he's clearly running a system. He's clearly how he has a, has a very clear plan of how he wants to play and who he needs to play. And so in Luke, we trust as far as I'm concerned, I just feel like if we weren't getting great talent, then that's different. Paul Chris wasn't getting that talent. And we never had those. We never had other, like Justin said, exactly. We never had other four-star guys. So if there was a guy we had to get him, but Luke fickle brings in guys that he needs and he's shown it at other schools and he's getting great players. And if they're, if, if they're not in state, great. I mean, it's not great, but if they're, if they're, if they're in state and we lose them, that's okay. Because he says like, he's going to get the nucleus of, of his program from inside of 300 miles. He's going to do that. But if someone's in that 300 mile radius that doesn't fit and it's okay, like, you know, more power to him, go somewhere else and that's fine. But, um, I'm not saying I wouldn't have wanted Corey Smith cause obviously oh, yeah. I, I do, but he's a talented player, but I mean, I think that we're bringing in enough talent that if we don't get a guy, I don't really believe it's because, you know, well, he, I mean, I feel like it's because we didn't need him, or we didn't, we didn't work hard enough because maybe that's not the guy that we absolutely wanted. Right. I mean, and, and we can do without him.
0: Well, and Zach Bart's, I think, Justin, you said something along those lines, another good comment. We crushed the previous step because they didn't have backup options. We can now mm-hmm. pick and choose a little bit more. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, listen, that's all good. Like, I agree with all of it uh, at a high level. And Fickle is certainly not an idiot. I'm, I'm sure he doesn't see a four-star kid in state that he really wants and says, I'm not going to get him. There's probably something there. Maybe he likes to bring more. I just think it's interesting, right? I, I think mm-hmm. it's, it's an interesting thing. And there are pipelines in state, right? Yeah. So I think... Again, I think Fickle's smart enough not to damage those pipelines. I just think it's interesting. I want to throw this comment up here because um, we got to wrap this up pretty soon. But there is a comment from S. Strong. I think this is about the basketball team shifting gears back. What do you think this team's ceiling is? Right. as constructed, right? Let's say nothing else changes.
1: As currently constituted, I would say that. I think that this team is capable of being in the top five in the Big Ten, and I think that they have a chance to probably play really well in a Sweet 16 game, maybe win it. Um, I don't know if that's – that is like the top, top ceiling for them. I I just don't know if there's enough quite there from an all-around mm. athleticism you know, and that's why I say when I want a big, I'm looking for a big that's somebody that can provide some of that athletic interior right. defense. Um, but so I think that,
0: like, what? as an ultimate ceiling, you're saying Elite Eight is like the ultimate ceiling.
1: Yeah, like, like an upset to get into the Elite Eight would probably be it. Like, I don't, they're not going to be, this is not going to be a team that I look at right now that's going to sit there and just be blowing up people left and right. But I do think that they're going to be, we're going to see more games where we win by 10 plus coming into this next year. And I think that there's going to be more comfortable wins and i think that they probably can get to 23 24 wins
2: i think this is a um, a banner day this is the first time that justin is more optimistic than me on on an answer like this let's go i actually my the ceiling to me is sweet 16 i i don't think we mm-hmm. we're we're going to get beyond that and i think it's going to be a work to get to the sweet 16 mm-hmm. um you know we have obviously returning as many starters as we, as we are, that's a big thing that you can't always, it's not just about who you bring in. It's about who you return specifically because obviously that means we're going to gain that one leg advantage up on teams that did lose some guys. So there's that. I mean, automatically we were, we were going to be in a position to finish higher. And when you look at the additions of of Reynolds and store um, as it's currently constructed, yeah, I'd say this team absolutely should make the tournament. And when they're in there, then they, they win a game against the lower seated team most likely. And then, so yeah, I think sweet 16 winning that next game is pretty much the ceiling for this team.
0: I'm at a lead as well. Uh, Just as if we're talking ceiling, ceiling, we've seen continuity play a huge factor in college Mm -hmm. basketball. You know, some of the, the really good mid major teams that make runs it's based on continuity, based on starters being together for a while. And now we've added that athletic wing, um, I think we're eight legitimately eight deep with quality players, yeah. so I think we still have like a star component that the really good teams have, which is going to. That's that's what I was going to say. We need yeah. a guy who
2: can uh, on yeah. command create a shot. We don't have that yet, and that's why I put the ceiling where I where I do. Well,
1: that's why I look at stores a little different because, like we we have seen previously that it, there's an expectation that a a freshman typically has a fairly sizable jump. Now, that doesn't mean that he's going to be, like I said, make the Johnny Davis leap, leap where he ends up scoring, like like I said, 17. But if he jumps up to 13,
2: mm-hmm. that's
1: that's a healthy bump for him. And I think that he's capable of a collapsing a defense, which if he can collapse a defense, that means that Connor's not running off a billion screens anymore. He's going to get the occasional wide-open look where he can just not have to kill himself running around like crazy like he had to this last year to get open shots because there was nobody pulling defenders away from him.
0: Well, and the interesting thing with store if if, Storr, if you look at his last i think it's 13 14 games his scoring jumped up to 12 and a half he was figuring it out as the mm. season went on mm. for the year he was 8.8 but down the stretch he was at about 12 and a half so mm-hmm. he had multiple 15 20 a 31 point game down that stretch he scored 20 on yukon we all saw what type of defense yeah. UConn plays.
1: 23 on creighton
0: yeah like the dude can score so i'm very excited about it uh we're gonna wrap this up here we're at 33 minutes um I wanted to go longer, but I just had a busy day and I do appreciate everybody jumping in. Everybody in the chat, Justin Rajiv. Again, we're going to be live on Friday, this next Friday. So I'm super stoked for that at Skani Bar. We hope to see everybody there. We'll put more information out this week. Uh, Yes, Rajiv, go.
2: And remember that if you can't make it on Friday, you can definitely meet up with us on Saturday. We're not necessarily going to be doing a show from anywhere, but we will be at the game. We will be at a bar, probably a Scotty Bar before and after the game, maybe just to hang out and have some Mm -hmm. drinks. So Either way, we'll be around on Saturday. If you can make it on Saturday, please come and say hi.
0: That's it. Uh, Thank you, everybody. On Wisconsin, and let's talk tomorrow.